0: This is the best of the week on Relevant Radio. There's some IVF stuff in the news, and I want to catch up on that because it's important. And the first thing to point out is just a reminder that the Supreme Court of the great state of Alabama, they ruled that embryos, human embryos, are children. Now, they're at that stage of development, obviously, and in their case, sadly, they are cryogenically suspended, you might say, at that phase of development. And some terrible situations exist in which these children who have been conceived in vitro, in vitro means in glass, that's the phrase from Latin, in glass. It's in a glass container, a petri dish, a a test tube. They used to call them test tube babies back in the day. Now, in vitro is all the rage. And one of the terrible things about in vitro is that the embryos who are not selected for implantation go on ice indefinitely. So that's part of the background to this. But in any case, people are freaking out because the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that these embryos are human beings, ergo, they are children. Now, if you don't like the word child or children because that denotes a stage of development in human existence, fair enough, if you don't want to use that term. But the point is they are human beings. They're unborn human beings, persons, boys and girls male and female, etc. So that's the the backdrop to all this now. Now, what I want to share with you is some commentary by our very own Father Rocky, going back when he was writing a column for answering questions about the Catholic faith and maybe more specifically things like the morality and ethics of certain actions. So he took a question As follows, I know there are very good reasons for the Church to teach against IVF, in vitro fertilization, but what are such reasons? Also, what forms are allowed, and what's the difference? So here is Father Rocky's response. It's worth listening to. The Church hopes and prays that God will bless married couples with children, but knows very well from experience and stories in the Bible that not every married couple receives the gift of children. So, the answer to your question, it needs to be stated that children are a gift from God— they are not a right. While every married couple has a right to try to have children, it is important to respect God's law and the law of nature for procreation. In this regard, the Catechism of the Catholic Church states, a child is not something owed to one, but is a gift. The supreme gift of marriage is a human person. A child may not be considered a piece of property, an idea to which an alleged right to a child would lead. In this area, only the child possesses genuine rights." the right to be the fruit of the specific act of the conjugal love of his parents. And if you think about that, you'll understand what it means. It's a rather roundabout way of saying something specific. But to reiterate, this is me speaking here, that child has a right to be the fruit of the specific act of conjugal love between the parents and has the right to be respected as a person from the moment of his conception. The gospel shows that physical sterility is not an absolute evil. Spouses who still suffer from infertility after exhausting legitimate medical procedures should unite themselves with the Lord's cross, the source of all spiritual fecundity or fruitfulness. They can give expression to their generosity by adopting abandoned children or performing demanding service for others. Now, that's from paragraphs 2378 and 2379 of the Catechism. So back to Father Rocky's commentary. There are several reasons why IVF is unethical. The first reason is that in the attempt to create new human life, in vitro fertilization, IVF, results in the disproportionate risk of the loss of innocent human life. Innocent human lives are lost through IVF because quote-unquote excess human embryos created in the process are either discarded or placed in cryopreservation, deep freeze. Since human embryos are human lives and human beings and have an inherent right to life, which is denied by the cryopreservation or by being discarded. Discarded is a commonly used euphemism. It means washed down the drain, thrown in the garbage. In other words, they're killed. Discarded equals killed. So for these reasons, in vitro fertilization is unethical. Uh, The Pope, he says, has been remarkably strong in his condemnation of our modern throwaway culture. Up to 90% of the human embryos that are created never make it. They never had a chance. Again, he says, the catechism, based on the instruction on respect for human life in its origin, called Donum Vitae, and that's Latin for the gift of life, which came out in 1987, it says, it is immoral to produce human embryos intended for exploitation as disposable biological material. Certain attempts, this document says, to influence chromosomic or genetic inheritance are not therapeutic but are aimed at producing human beings selected according to sex or other predetermined qualities. Such manipulations are contrary to the personal dignity of the human being and his integrity and identity, which are unique and unrepeatable. The second reason, Father Rocky points out, that IVF in vitro fertilization is unethical, it may be difficult for people to understand if they do not have an appreciation for natural law. Because in vitro fertilization invades the sacred space of interpersonal human-sexual relations and relies too much on technology, it winds up separating the spouses from each other and often separating the real parents from their offspring. Here it will be helpful to reprint what the Catechism teaches in this regard. Techniques that entail the dissociation of husband and wife by the intrusion of a person other than the couple who donates sperm or ovum or a surrogate uterus are gravely immoral. This is the church speaking here. These things are gravely immoral, serious sins. Father Aki continues saying, these techniques, heterologous artificial insemination and fertilization, infringe on the child's right to be born of a father and a mother known to him and bound to each other by marriage. They betray the spouse's right to become a father and a mother only through each other. Techniques involving only the married couple, homologous artificial insemination and fertilization, are perhaps less reprehensible, yet they remain morally unacceptable. They dissociate the sexual act from the procreative act. The act which brings the children into existence is no longer an act by which two persons give themselves to one another, but rather one that entrusts the life and identity of the embryo into the power of doctors and biologists and establishes the domination of technology over the origin and destiny of the human person. Such a relationship of domination is in itself, contrary to the dignity and equality that must be common to parents and children. Under the moral aspect, procreation is deprived of its proper perfection when it is not only willed as the fruit of the conjugal act, that is to say, of the specific act of the spouse's union, you know what I'm talking about, right? Married people, you know what I'm talking about. Only respect for the link between the meanings of the conjugal act and respect for the unity of the human being makes possible procreation in conformity with the dignity of the person. Father Rocky concludes by saying, the reproductive medical assistance or techniques allowed include any which respect the life of the embryo and the exclusive sexual union of the married mother and father. And he gives a couple of examples. Uh, Lower tubal ovum transfer, also known as LTOF, and gamete intrafallopian transfer, also known as GIFT, are methods that the Church does accept and does not condemn. So this is a document. If you're interested, we'll get a link to that posted for you. But that leads now into the bigger picture of something that's going on in the political world. Just in the last couple of days, it seems to me there has blown up this in, in conservative circles, this notion that IVF is a good thing. And some people are going so far as to assert that it's a pro-life thing. It's nothing of of the sort. It's not a pro-life thing. And there is inherent in this discussion an argument that the Catholic Church should get with the times and accept in vitro fertilization as something morally permissible and even perhaps heroic in the eyes of some, which it's not, and that this is a way for us to to bring human life into existence and, and have more people. And part of the argument is that the Catholic Church should greenlight Embryo adoption, that's part of this bigger picture, because if you're just doing IVF and you have all of these accumulating embryos on ice, cryogenically frozen indefinitely, that, of course, is a serious problem. So some of them are, are thinking long and hard before coming up with the wrong answer, and the wrong answer is to say, well, the Catholic Church should say, let's do IVF. Be aware that this is not a good thing. This is not a conservative, quote-unquote, principle. It's certainly not a traditional Catholic point of view to promote in vitro fertilization. Now, without getting into names and personalities and candidates and such like that, just be aware that very likely this is going to get legs and become more of a talking point. And you heard it here. You heard Father Rocky's commentary. I've commented on this a billion times on the program The catechism is extremely clear. In vitro fertilization is gravely morally evil. Now, you may say, but what about us? We did it, and we didn't know that it was seriously sinful. In fact, we asked our parish priest, and he said it was okay. I hear stories like that quite frequently, as a matter of fact. Well, if you didn't know, Let's address those folks there who had in vitro fertilization. I know some people personally, people I I love and care about very deeply, who have not only used in vitro fertilization to achieve fertilization, I also have extended relatives, people I love and care about, who were conceived this way, so to speak. At least I've got skin in the game. Most of you do in one way or another. So, addressing myself for a moment to you and your wife, or you and your husband, if you, in ignorance or in misguided good faith, went forward with this procedure and you used in vitro fertilization to conceive children, although not in the normal way, yes, that was a serious sin, but it may be that your culpability was diminished or even greatly diminished. Let's say that you did your due diligence or thought you were doing your due diligence and you made an honest effort to find out what does the church teach on this issue and you were given bad advice by a priest, for example, or somebody else. doesn't have to be a priest. And you went forward thinking that it was okay and that you were in the clear. Nonetheless, bring it to confession. And you put it there at the foot of the cross, let Jesus forgive this sin, and to whatever extent you knew it was wrong or you didn't know it was wrong or somewhere in between, leave that up to God. Now, if you knew the church's teaching and you went forward anyway and you did it anyway because, by golly, we're going to have a child one way or another, all the more reason for you to go to confession and bring this up and put it at the foot of the cross. And by being truly sorry, that doesn't in any way mean that you are in any way turning your back on your children who were conceived by in vitro fertilization. It doesn't doesn't entail that. Somebody, let's say a, a man or a woman, commits the sin of fornication, and a baby is the result of that. Well, that baby is a beautiful gift from God, and we will treasure and love and accept and welcome that baby like we would any other baby. But it doesn't mean that you can't go to confession and say, Lord, I'm sorry for the sin I committed that led to this beautiful gift that you gave me in the middle of my sin. So we can separate the beauty and the goodness of this gift of human life that God gives, even through in vitro fertilization, even through fornication or some other way in which this might take place. So if that's part of your—if that's a hurdle for you and you haven't been able to figure out, how, how can I be sorry for this sin when I love my child? That's how. You recognize your child as a gift that God gave you in the midst of something that you did that was sinful. You can repent of the sin and still love and be grateful for the child. This entire episode of The Patrick Madrid Show is on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio app is completely free and updated daily with fresh articles, podcasts, and prayers. Don't delay. Download the app today. And thanks for listening.